0: Welcome to Photoactive, a podcast about photography and technology. I'm Kirk McElroy. And I'm Jeff Carlson. I think the word metadata is a funny word. It sounds funny. Funny? Funny in what kind of way? It's got three consonants. I forget that I studied linguistics and the, the, the consonants that you make with your tongue against your teeth, the T and the D. I forget what they're called. It's got three consonants. And it's got three vowels. Okay. Metadata. And you could also say, I never met a data I didn't like. And that's a very old joke. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and uh, we're both dads, so we get a pass for that, right? Exactly, exactly. But metadata is important. And, you know, it's one of these terms that's thrown around in many ways, because when you hear about computer security, which is part of my day job, metadata is the things like your location and the phone number you called at the time, right? It's not the contents of the phone call, but it's where you were and when, which can track you and figure out a whole lot of information about you. When you take a photo with your iPhone, it records your location. And unless you're careful when you share your photos from the Photos app in the iPhone or the iPad or the Mac, that location goes to other people. And I don't know, here's a photo of me in my backyard having a party, but it's really in Costa Rica right? So the FBI will know that I'm not in my backyard having a party, that kind of thing.
1: Um, Yes, I I didn't really expect this discussion to go directly to uh, security and evading the law, but okay, that's fine.
0: (laughs) Well, here's a good story. John McAfee, who died last year, who was the founder of McAfee, McAfee Antivirus, one of the first commercial antiviruses. I don't know if he was wanted for murder or Fraud or something like that, but his location was discovered via a photo that someone had shared. I believe he was in Bermuda. We'll find a link to put in the show notes to explain it. But it was the location information in a photo that allowed the authorities to find him.
1: That's right. I'd forgotten all about that. Uh, yep. Okay. So so now that we've got everybody nice and paranoid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, but again, with my security, my computer sure. security hat on, this is really important. Yeah. 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 D-
1: definitely. Now. I'm coming at this from the other direction, which is, you know, metadata about photos that help you find photos. And I've, I've talked about this oh, for a long time.
0: That's boring. I, well, see, that's, <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I like the bit where it helps you find people like Jack Bauer in 24 zeroing in on the terrorist.
1: You just have to enhance, 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 and then you find yeah. you, know, you find what the terrorist is. <laughs> but it's it's this funny thing where i've i've written about this extensively my take control of your digital photos book largely has a lot to do with uh, working with metadata and keywords and geolocation and all of these things that um honestly you're right it, it puts people to sleep because nobody wants
0: to do this and I don't bother to change anything in my photos library. Although I want to tell you something this morning I did. I was writing an article and I did a few screenshots on my iPhone. And when I write an article, I name the screenshots appropriately. So when I'm posting the article to the WordPress blog that I'm using, I can find which image is, is the right one. Sure. And I changed the names of the photos in the photos app and I dragged them to the finder and they just said IMG 7,347. They didn't take the names that I changed. And I, cause I was thinking of this episode today yeah. and, Oh, I'm going to be the metadata master and I'm going to change the names of Photos and they don't show up when I export. (laughs) They do if you actually go to like File and then uh,
1: Export. Yeah, Export Save Originals as whatever. Um, Because yeah, I I do that all the time too. Because there are lots of screenshots that I need to put into a book, and it is a lot easier to do it in Photos. But here's a curious thing: Photos itself. I mean, I guess Apple is is very current with uh, very current with customer ideas in the sense that nobody wants to do this. Now, I can make lots of good arguments for why, yes, you do want to add metadata to your photos because it makes it easier to find later. And I'm sure we've all had this experience where you know you took a photo, you know that it was probably like maybe two years ago and you were at that party in Costa Rica, but you don't remember exactly when it was. And so you end up going through your library and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling because there's no metadata to help you
0: find that. Unless you have the location data, then you look on the little map in places and you zero in on Costa Rica. Well,
1: yes, if you took it with your iPhone where that geolocation data was already baked in file. If you're shooting with a regular camera that doesn't do that, well then you have like another step that where you have to add that data and You know, (laughs) I I say this all the time, like I'm getting bored and tired even just talking about it, except that there comes a point down the line where you really, really, really need that photo, or you really wish you could find something quickly, and then you don't. And then you curse yourself for not actually doing the work ahead of time, but at the same time, maybe didn't really have to do it, which is kind of part of (laughs) what we're talking about today, because like, like... This is a problem.
0: Do, do you have to spend hours and days and weeks entering metadata on your photos to be able to find that one photo from Costa Rica in two years?
1: No, but it feels like it. And that's the problem. Yeah. And because of that, there are all sorts of different technologies that have sprung up to deal with this in different ways, which we're going to talk about today. But it's it's
0: MS. Is one of them called... Um... A-I?
1: Well, technically you should say an-I because I is a vowel. That's a good point. (laughs) An-I, yes. Yes, yes. There are some AI-based things, uh, which are actually really kind of cool.
0: Just before we go further, there's two things I want to mention about the Apple Photos app. And I'm on the Mac. You find similar settings um, for the Photos app on iOS. If you go to the general settings in the Photos app, There's a section called sharing, and you can check or uncheck include location information. Now, I have it unchecked because I don't want the FBI to find out when I was in Costa Rica. (laughs) The other thing is you were just talking earlier about when you export, and if you go to export a photo, in the export dialog, there are options to include. The first option is title, keywords, and caption, and the second is location information. So both of these were unchecked for me, and if I had had them checked, my screenshot would have retained the title, correct? Yes. Okay. so I'm checking that now. And then in the future, when I do screenshots, I can name them in the Photos app, and I will have saved a bit of frustration. I just exported a photo, and it does not have the name I set in Photos. So we can just forget that whole thing about photos and keywords and everything like that. If you do export unmodified original for one
1: photo, there's a menu item that says file name, use title. That's what I was
0: thinking of. But I don't want to export an unmodified original. I guess for a screenshot, I could.
1: For screenshots, they get exported as PNGs. Because
0: then I haven't cropped it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think we're seeing in real time what a hornet's nest this whole thing is. And what I want to know is I've spent a thousand pounds on my pocket camera computer device. Yes. I've spent almost 2,000 pounds on my iMac. Why can't these things do all this for me? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, Why are we still in this situation where we pay a lot for computers that don't do anything useful? <laughs> you're right. You're right.
1: That's a completely wasted investment. That camera does nothing for you. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's let's talk about a few ways where it is useful. So, so the problem, as we've stated, is that nobody wants to add keywords. Now, if you add keywords, it makes it easier to find things. And even though I find the implementation terrible in photos, you can add keywords. Uh, you have to actually bring up the the keyword manager and the info panel. Like things are just floating, and I I, I hate it. Uh, for things like Lightroom, there's a, a field in a panel. It's it's better. So the good news is you can add keywords, and that way you can. Do just a text search later, and maybe that's because we're both writers and sort of more uh, text focused. But but that definitely makes it easier.
0: The other thing is that you can do a search, which I guess it's built into the Photos app. So if I type cats, I get eight hundred and ten cat photos. Which, with my library being fewer than five thousand photos, shows what I take my photos <laughs> of. Yes, um, but if you if you type a couple of letters into the search. Field, you'll see some options. For example, uh, I'm going to put um, a D, and I see adventure and admin. Why do I have 177 photos for adventure? Now, see that doesn't even make any sense. They have uh, they have hundreds, maybe thousands of keywords built in, and the AI of the Photos app is analyzing the photos to try and figure out what the photos are. Is that correct? That is
1: exactly it. So, tell me how many of those cat photos. Did you specifically add the keyword cat to?
0: I haven't added a keyword to one single photo in my library.
1: There you go. That's it right there. So because nobody does this, uh, and I know, you know, very major photographers who are like, nope, not even going to deal with it. Or maybe they have somebody else who deals with it. But, But basically, what Photos does is it uses AI and machine learning to scan all your photos on your device in your library. And it knows things like it knows what a cat looks like. It knows what a dog looks like. It knows what uh, winter looks like. And so when you're doing a search, it's also bringing up all these things that it has come up with in your library. And so if you type cat, chances are it will get all of your photos of cats because a cat is a very well-defined object that machine learning can pick out. Just, Just the way you could do a search for um you know like pictures of you or pictures of a family member and it it will find those
0: but only if you've saved that we we I did we do an episode on this about uh setting people's names and faces and all because it it's not very reliable especially if you're dealing with children who've who've aged over over the years, you have to tag them a lot of times to get them.
1: It depends. It depends. It depends. Actually, the 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 Lightroom app is really good at it. Even, I mean, I've had it you know pick out baby photos and you know child photos and young adult photos and 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 find those people correctly. So, I think if we did talk about it, it was at least a couple of years ago, and I think the the recognition technology has improved quite a bit since then.
0: Okay. You can find out what some of these preset keywords are just by typing a couple of letters, and you'll see some examples. What I find is most of the keywords that show up when I type anything tend to be places. (laughs) So I'm not seeing a whole lot of, I mean, other than cats and cars, I'm not seeing a whole lot of keywords pop up. And, And this used to be the case, I remember. I typed hotel and I didn't see anything. I'm I'm not guaranteeing that I have a photo of a hotel where it says hotel, right? So it can tell. <laughs> right? But um, let me type pumpkin. I have some pumpkin photos. Okay. Yes, it can find my 24 pumpkin photos. Yeah. Some of which have cats on them. So it has a limited ability to search for different things. Yeah. And we, we don't know what... The list of keywords is right. Yeah, so that's it's not been published.
1: The, that that's part of it. You, you don't really know what it has found in your library. But one thing that I do want to add, as you're just sort of typing things, in I want to say probably the current version, maybe you know, maybe one major macOS version back. If you type something, it will also bring up words that it has found in photos. So I I just did the same thing that you did. I t- started typing hotel, and One of the little uh, drop down options had the the little Apple uh, text recognition icon. It's like three lines and uh, some curved bars around it. And so it found photos of a hotel where the sign says, you know, something, something, hotel. And so it will find text. In your photos now, because it has that automatic text recognition, so that's kind of cool. That's like one uh, more. I'm seeing more that thing. in a
0: few recent photos, yeah. yeah. But that's since this year, right? That's since iOS 16 and macOS Ventura, or is that since the year before? I
1: think it's the year before, but may- maybe it was refined. Okay, this year. Um, okay, but that's. I mean, the, that's cool. The problem with all of this is that it's still kind of a black box. You don't know, and I don't think there's any way to expose. All the terms that it has found, because it's kind of a rolling list of, of of things depending on on what it has scanned and when it's done its scanning. One of our you know frustrations that we've talked about with photos is that maybe it did scan it, maybe it didn't. It asks you to plug in your computer and leave it for some time, and then it never actually does the scanning.
0: Right. That's there's that too. There's that too. I just typed in tree and I got some interesting results. I get tree. 134, tree branch, 66, willow tree, 11, oak tree, 56, and Christmas tree, 8. Now, we know that since the latest versions of the operating system, it can recognize different types of trees and flowers and and birds and animals of different kinds. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting that it's able to do that. I'm not sure that all of these are oak trees. In fact, they're definitely not, but they're close enough. Yeah. In fact, no, they're not close enough. No, no, no. Not, none of those are oak trees. There's there's one that's an oak tree or two, but that's it. They're
1: close enough in that there's a trunk and there are branches and leaves. Yeah,
0: no, that's not very good. Okay, but in any case, what about squirrel? Can it find squirrels? Because I have squirrel photos. Yeah. Squirrel has two squirrel photos. There you go. I think an important part of this is oftentimes you're not
1: looking for a real specific answer. You're using this technology to narrow it down. So if you need to find, uh, you know, bridges, it will just show you things that either are bridges or are like bridges. And then you use your visual scanning and pick out the one that you were looking for. So,
0: so I just type bridges and I get 16 photos and most of them are bridges, but two of them are um, text. Documents that I photographed with the word bridge in them. Ah, that's interesting. Yep, that's interesting. Uh, In some one in one case, it's a bridge that doesn't even look like a bridge, but it's a bridge. Um, So that kind of works. So are you saying that we should spend the rest of our lives entering keywords in the Photos app or Lightroom or whichever it is in order to find that photo of Costa Rica?
1: No, because what we're demonstrating is well. All right, let me let me take a half step back. It's fallible. Yes, it would be great if you did that, and I acknowledge that very few people are going to do that. Some people, some people live for this. And also let me just set this as a as a, a little side topic. Different photographers will absolutely do keywording because you know, for professional reasons they need to tag things that get sent out to uh, image libraries and uh, stock photo sites and things like that. So, you know, like we're just going to set that aside because there are probably different uh, tools and mechanisms that they For that.
0: But just for. They're called minions.
1: (laughs) They're called minions. (laughs) (laughs) There are probably a whole bunch of photographers that are like, yeah, I wish I had a minion.
0: One thing to point out let's say you've taken a whole bunch of photos of your party in Costa Rica. You import them, drop them in an album, or just select them all any way you can, and then bring up that info pane and you can apply a keyword to all of them rather than going one at a time individually.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of my favorite things, if you use Lightroom Classic, you can add keywords as you import them. So in the import window there's a keyword panel and so you know that all these are going to be a Costa Rica, all these are going to be uh, you know maybe a birthday party or tropical or you know whatever sort of general overarching set of keywords you enter those there and then as you when you click the import button and Lightroom brings them into your library it just adds all that metadata
0: during that that process. Okay. Now we said before we started recording, we're going to keep this to 30 minutes because we've been going (laughs) long. Every time we think we don't have enough to cover in 30 minutes, we end up going long. So we got five minutes. And I want to talk about an app that I um, have used off and on. And the reason I want to mention it today is because it is all about photo metadata. It's called Meta Image. I don't remember how much it costs because it's in the Mac App Store. If I look it up, I don't see because I've already bought it. Hmm. You either drag a photo in or you click the plus and you choose open from photos. So it can take a photo from the photos library. It presents all the EXIF metadata that's in the photo. You can edit some of that EXIF metadata. You can't edit the focal length and the shutter speed and things like that. You can also set a location. Uh, There's a little button you click and there's a map. And so you can set the location for any of your photos. You can sync dates. Uh, You can use presets. I'm not sure exactly how that works because I've never used it. So I assume that like if you're doing a wedding, you might want to set a preset for your wedding with date and time and the people, etc. It's extremely powerful. Because EXIF metadata is, there's tons of stuff in there. A lot of things you don't need, um, you know, focus point, um, specific lens, which might be useful, focal length, exposure compensation, was the flash on or not, which color space, et cetera. But it's a real useful app if you do need to make these sort of advanced changes. And, and this is the kind of data that you're not necessarily searching for in the Photos app. However... If you do type Fujifilm in your Photos app, you will see the options in the menu that come up from the search field for your different cameras. So you may want to search by camera. Yeah. So it's called Meta Image. I think it was only five dollars or ten dollars.
1: Um I, I'm seeing Meta
0: Image Unlimited, does that sound right? Which is eighteen dollars. But they're eighteen dollars. Okay. It must have been cheaper when I bought it. Entirely likely. But in any case, it's it's a really useful app if you want to get into the really, you know, serious metadata.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well then I'm gonna bring something for Lightroom. Um, actually. You
0: have two minutes. I'll give you three minutes. <laughs> okay. okay.
1: Actually, not specifically for Lightroom, but it can. Uh, the app is called Xire, E-X-C-I-R-E. And it is an app that um, it, it, there's also a version that works as a Lightroom plugin, but there's also a standalone version. And what it does is it sort of does what we've been talking about, where you feed it a bunch of images and it uses uh ai and machine lear- learning to figure out the stuff that's in the photos so the stuff that that the photos app is doing in the background but then it turns that into actual keywords that you can then import into uh you know whichever app that you want so basically you run this before you bring it into lightroom the photos app and and then it gives you actual text keywords and um i i, I wrote about this uh For popular photography last year, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, It works really pretty well if you want to have text keywords and not have to do a whole lot of work.
0: So we've seen AI recently create these chatbots that can write articles. We can take a voice sample of someone and create a voice model to make it sound like they're saying anything. We haven't seen a lot. I mean, you're writing about AI and, photo- sorry, and I in photography regularly, but we haven't <laughs> seen a lot that goes into this area, have we? we we've seen uh, particularly Pixelmator Pro's uh, super resolution thing that blows up photos really well, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen something that looks at keywords and uh, at least not from the major players yet, have we? We
1: sort of... But for the most part, no. Um, and actually, I'll I'll point to another article that I wrote for Popular photographer last year. There are little stabs at this. So, for example, uh, if you add an image, I think to Instagram or Facebook using the web, there's a way where you can um, click to add alt text for an image, which is a great thing so that people with vision issues can have a screen reader read it to them. And there's a button that says basically like uh, tried to determine the the alt text based on the contents and so in theory what it's going to do is look at your image and say ah this is a picture of a park with trees what my experience has been is you click that button and it says this is an image of the outdoors or something terribly non-specific so there are some efforts to make this happen and i agree this would be a perfect thing like Use AI to generate alt text and um, like hashtags for things. I don't really need it to write a term paper for me. Just automate this little annoying bit that
0: always gets stuck, right? Like writing your homework for you. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> All right. Those apps we mentioned were snapshots because we have actual snapshots, don't we? We do have actual snapshots. Do you want
1: to start? Uh, yeah, I'll start. Um, I'm going to completely plug uh, a project by one of our friends, our friend Glenn Fleischman, a friend and colleague. He is embarking on this this massive uh, new Kickstarter, and um, it's a book called Shift. Happens, a book about keyboards. Sorry, how do you pronounce that? Uh, Shift, S-H-I-F-T. Shift happen. <laughs> right, okay. I was trying to enunciate really well. Shift yep. Happens. Um, it's it's written by uh, Marcin Witchery. I, I, I think I'm mispronouncing that. Um, this is a project that Glenn edited uh, starting back in 2018. It's a massive thousand page, two volume, full color, lots of photographs, history of uh, typewriters and keyboards and just like like basically everything you want to know about keyboards, it's in this book. It's It looks gorgeous. Um, it's currently a, a Kickstarter. It started today. So this is February 7th. We're recording this and it runs for a, a, a month. So it'll definitely be, still be going. And if you have like a love for typing and the history of typing, and uh, the, you know the, the, there are photos of like all of the the women who were computers uh, back when that just meant the person who does the computing or enters the uh, the data into what were then the you know sort of early uh, mechanical computers, I guess you could call it. Um, it has all of that, so it's it's really interesting look at this thing that we use
0: all the time and the history of it. You know, it's funny because I was just looking at that before we started recording. Um, It it just launched today. It's got a goal of 124,000 pounds. So I'm thinking that's $150,000. It's currently at 87,000 pounds. So it's going to blow out the goal in one day. Um, It's very tempting. It's $125 for the book which deservedly so as you say it's 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 1200 pages two volumes uh it looks lovely it's very tempting and it's another book that takes up space and <laughs> you know as to all the other books yeah but there are so many
1: people who like this is this is the thing that just fills their soul i think it's a brilliant idea
0: all right kirk what do you have this uh, sorry i have a brief video that i came across recently do you know what the dolly zoom is the dolly zoom like Uh, Like a camera on a track? Um, It's a camera on a track in cinema when you dolly and zoom at the same time. Yes, yes. And there are some well-known shots, particularly in Vertigo, when um, Hitchcock used this. I believe he dollied out and zoomed in. Uh, There's one in Jaws where it's dollying in and zooming. It's hard to tell. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a short four-minute video that explains that the dolly zoom is not a trick, that it has, uh, you know, really interesting uses. Uh, He points out Vertigo... Um, Jaws. And there's a shot in Goodfellas when Robert De Niro and Ray Liotta are in a diner and the background out the window is changing because it's zooming in while it's dolling out. So what this shows is the lens compression. Now, before you all write in and say that lens compression doesn't exist, it's just the <laughs> distance of the camera to the subject, et cetera, et cetera. It's an interesting way of seeing the difference in action between wide angle and telephoto lenses, because it's not like some of these Articles you see on the internet where they've taken still photos and moved the camera and tried to get the face the right size. I can imagine this takes hours of calculation to do this for a movie and to shoot it correctly, right? Because you have to be zooming at exactly the same speed as you're dollying. So it's very, very delicate to do. But it's really useful when you think of the difference between wide angle and telephoto to see this sort of thing, to see the shift uh, really live. So I'm going to put that in the show notes. Um, I found it enlightening. Yes, there is lens compression, but it doesn't mean what the people who think lens compression means something different means.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing I love about it is it's an excellent example of of using these techniques to, to absolutely tell a story because you're noticing a very obvious camera effect, right? I mean, in so many cases, you don't really notice what the camera is doing, or maybe you shouldn't, uh, except for, you know, some movies are really blatant about it and i remember the, the first time i saw this was in the movie poltergeist and there's a, a section where this hall just stretches stretches and stretches and it it blew my mind and i you know had no idea how they could have done that until i learned about this effect uh so it's it's a fascinating way to tell a story through a visual trick that doesn't make it seem like the director's like oh i'm going to do a trick now right because it's got a really in, interesting purpose.
0: Okay, that's enough for this week. I'm going to try and edit this down below 30 minutes. We'll see if I can do that. Until next time, Jeff. (laughs) Until next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Photoactive. You can find show notes, including any photos we discuss in this episode, at photoactive.co. That's photoactive.co. We couldn't afford the end. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash cast. That's cast in one word. You can subscribe to Photoactive in your favorite podcast app or on Apple Podcasts. See the links on our website. And think about leaving us a rating or review in iTunes or in your podcast.